Jesus brings healing and deliverance and fears are cast away for you are love God you are peace God and perfect love casts out all fear
bless our tithes and offerings and gifts as that we give them into your work to expand your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Look into word. Tim, would you put that, um, the great I am, would you do that for me? I just, something just has, uh, I was here on Wednesday night. We were practicing for uh, the Christmas Eve service. We were also practicing for this uh, service. Scroll through there until you get to that, um, the big chorus. I think it's the chorus, whatever. Keep going. There you go. Um, and I, we were singing this song, and I was just, you know, it was, it was, it's just, it's a powerful song. It's a powerful song. And I was reminded, and I'm just, I'm saying this, I'm not going to mention any names because I'm not, it's not my job to, uh, to question another man's servant or to tear down another person. There's someone that you would probably all know if I mentioned the name has just recently written a book. I saw it on TV the other day called The Power of I Am. Okay, you may have seen it, you may not have. If you, if you haven't, fine. The, the title of the book is The Power of I Am. When I first heard that, I went, wow, what a great title for a book. Except that the book is all about the power of you and I saying I am. Okay? I am happy. I am successful. I am worthy. I am this. I am that. Okay? Now, I, 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 as we were reading, singing these words that are up on the screen right now, the mountains, I'm going I'm to read them. I'm not going to sing them to you. The mountains shake before you. The demons run and flee. At the mention of the name King of Majesty, there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I Am. Does that sound like he's talking about me? Or you? Seriously? But I'm going to tell you something. There are people who are going to grab that up and read it and think that it is absolutely marvelous and wonderful and everything else. The power of, I, there's no question about the power of I am. <laughs> if you're talking about the great I am. I just, be careful what you put into your mind. Okay? Be careful what you put into your mind. Because Listen to these words of Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm just constantly being, um, because I'm reading the Gospels every month, and, or a Gospel every month, I, I'm constantly hearing and seeing things that Jesus said. And listen to what he said. He was standing before Pilate, and he said this. He goes, the reason I came into this world was to testify to the truth. Everyone who listens to me believes in truth. Okay? He came to testify to the truth. That's why he said, I am the truth. I am the truth. Okay? So we, we know where we find truth. Um, Jesus said it earlier in that, earlier in the book of John, he was speaking to the Father in prayer, and he said, he said to the Father, um, your word is truth. And so we, we, know that, we know that to be so. Okay, you can take that down, Tim. That's fine. I, I, just, I just wanted to, um, to share that with you because I just, the, 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 the world is creeping into the church, folks. The world is creeping into the church. The world's ideas of things are creeping into the church. And uh, we, we just have to be really careful that we know where our truth comes from. Okay. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that is in there. It is full of truth. It is nothing but truth. And when it disagrees with us, when it disagrees with our thinking, when it disagrees with our lifestyle, we need to adjust our living and our thinking 
to agree with your word, for it is truth. Now, Lord, I just pray that you will open our hearts and our minds to hear what you have to say to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 3, we read these words. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. I want to to talk to you today about the concept of, of God speaking. Now, I remember... I remember well, back in 1977, um, I was with the the city of Sarasota Fire Department, and I was, uh, the latter part of the year, last four months of the year, I I went to to paramedic school, and uh, then I worked as a paramedic for about uh, about 10 years after that, but um, I was in paramedic school, and one of the things that we had to do when we were in paramedic school is um, much of we had some classroom work, but much of it was very, was practical work at Saris Memorial Hospital, and uh, we would go to different areas. Uh, we spent a week with a phlebo- with a phlebotomist to learn how to do IVs and injections and things like that. Um, we spent a week in the in the OR, going into the OR and just witnessing and seeing surgeries and things like that. To, I don't know if that was to get us used to the idea of, of blood. I don't know. We, most of us had already seen our share of that. Uh, we spent a week in the emergency room. We spent. Um, we actually spent a week on uh, what was then called Five North, which was the psychiatric ward, and um, we spent a week up there watching them deal with with uh, patients and things like that. And um, I was sitting in on a a group therapy session. Okay, now I'm, I'm a believer, um, at the, I mean, at the time, I'm, I was a believer at that time, and so I'm sitting in there, and uh, the group therapy session is going on, and one of the individuals that was in the group therapy session begins to talk about their experience with God, and how God had, had helped them, and the person who was facilitating the therapy session began to, you know, kind of backpedal the thing a little bit and tried to, you know, get, well, you know, it's, it's, it's great that you, that you sense the, you know, and your idea of God and, and, and so on and so on. And they just kind of really kind of put the stops to any, any discussion going forward about the help that God, quote unquote, might might be able to help with in, in these, you know, psychiatric matters. And, uh, and so after the session was over and we, and we met with our instructors and everything, um, they asked us about how it went and everything, and I said, well, I was, I was a little disappointed in, in what happened in the thing. And, and, and she said... Uh, well, what, what happened? And I told her what happened. And she said, well, why does, that, why does that upset you? And I said, well, because they were trying to, you know, minimize the idea that God, that God would speak to somebody. And, and she said, well, we can't have that in, the, in that psychiatric environment because people will, they will default to that. They will you know, they'll say, well, you know, God is speaking to me, and then they don't get better. And she was giving me this clinical answer to this, and, and, and she, I said to her, I said, well, what would you think of if I told you that God speaks to me? And she looked at me, and she goes, I would think that you belong with them. You see, we have 
Now, folks, that's not just that's not just a problem in the world. I, I believe we have a lot of a lot of Christians that believe God can speak to them, but whether they believe that He will and that He does speak. See, there's 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 even that that line that says, "Well, I, I think God. Well, obviously, you know, God can speak to me, but but." Will he speak to me? No, not even that. Does he speak to me? And, and, if, and if we don't believe that God will or that he does, then, then we're not going to be tuned into and, and listening for his voice. I mean, just, just the other day, um, on... on on Christmas, um, we got we got I think we got a text or it was one day we got a text and Corey who's up in New Jersey said we're gonna we're gonna FaceTime with you. Now I I guess y'all y'all know what FaceTime is you know where you, you you talk on the phone you actually see one another. I'm old enough to remember. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm old enough to remember. Being at the World's Fair in 1960 in New York where they were telling us that one day we would be able to have telephones where we could actually see the person talking. Folks, this is back when we still dialed. You know, we had that, you had to put your finger in it and get it in the right hole and dial it. Oh, yeah, it was a rotary phone, yeah. And here it is. So we're, but what he did was he, he texted us and said, we're, we're going to, we're going to call you. We're going to FaceTime with you. And folks, we were anticipating. We were, we were waiting for the phone to ring. We were waiting for that distinctive ring that comes through the phone to know that it's a FaceTime call. And, and, and of course, he did, and we had, we had a great time FaceTiming with the kids and, and them and everything else as they were on a boat driving, floating by the, uh, the Statue of Liberty. And they, we, were, we, we did the FaceTime. But when, when we realized that they were going to call, the anticipation came, and we began to wait for it. Folks, if you, if you believe that God is going, it will speak to you, that he does speak to his people, then you, we will, or we should, we should have our minds and our hearts and our attitudes and our, and our life geared to be able to hear him when he speaks. Because you would think that when God speaks, it could be something important. Hello? It could be something important. So, <coughs> pardon me. The writer to Hebrews says that in times past and in various ways, God spoke to his people through the prophets, but now in these last days he has spoken to us through his son. In the Old Testament, God spoke through angels, Genesis 16, in visions, Genesis 15, in dreams, Genesis 28, in symbolism, in Jeremiah 18, uh, where he tells Jeremiah the prophet to go down to the potter's house and watch the potter work. In a gentle whisper, in 1 Kings, and through miraculous signs, there, there are others we could have listed there. He, he actually spoke to someone through an animal, through a donkey. Um, he, there are other things that, other ways that God spoke to people in, in the Old Testament. When God spoke, and we want to look at this, when God spoke, it was usually unique to the individual. We think of Moses. When God spoke to him, he spoke to him through the burning bush. That was a unique way to do things. There's no record of anyone other than Moses ever being spoken to through uh, the burning bush or a burning bush. This was unique to, to the individual. They knew it was God. There was no question about who was speaking to them. They knew what he said. There was an understanding of what he was telling them. There, 
He did not speak to them in riddles. He did not speak to them in parables. He did not speak to them in ways that they would not understand. They understood what he said. God speaking to them was the encounter, that was the encounter with him. The fact that he spoke to them was the encounter with him. Now, it's more important that we understand that God spoke to them than how he spoke to them. The very fact that he spoke to them is of great wonder. It is of great importance because it is by his grace alone that he even would speak to one of us. Now, there is a, there's something that I want you to be aware of. There are a number of different ways that God can speak to us today. Um, including the burning bush, if he wants to. Okay? Okay, so maybe he's already used that one and he won't talk to you through the burning bush. But he has the power to speak to you through the Word, through other people, through circumstances, through the Holy Spirit, You see, God, God spoke in the Gospels as well. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. God was speaking in the Gospels. He was speaking directly to his disciples, and now he speaks directly to us. Folks, if that if I'm not I'm not telling you that you need to do what I'm doing. I'm simply telling you that reading the gospels and hearing the words of Jesus is hearing the words of God. See, he's a I have come to testify to the truth. Anyone who listens to me believes in truth. We, we, we read what the words that Jesus said and we know that it, it is God speaking to us. I was talking to, to someone and there's nothing wrong, folks, there's nothing wrong with reading the rest of the, the Bible, the epistles in the New Testament, the book of Acts and all the epistles and the book of Revelation. And, and so there's nothing wrong with reading those things. You, we should read them. We should become familiar with them. They're, 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 they're inspired. They're part of the Word of God. But I want you to understand something, that truth is the purest, the closest you get to its source, just like water. Water is the purest, the closer you get to its source. And when you, have, when you have the words of God coming out of God's mouth through Jesus, we ought to be paying attention to what Jesus says. We ought to hear what he's saying and see how it applies to our lives. God spoke in Acts and up to the present time. God spoke to Peter and John. He spoke to Paul. There were times when one time when Paul was trying to get to a certain place to preach the gospel, and he said, we kept being hindered, we kept being hindered, we just couldn't do it, it wouldn't happen, we couldn't make it happen. He said, and then I had a dream, and I saw a man from Macedonia, and he says, come over here, come over here, and the next thing you know, that's the direction we were going. Why? Because God spoke. And he spoke in a dream. Now I want, you to, I want you to hear these words because I want, you to come, I want you to come away from here today believing with all your heart that God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you 
because he has things he wants to say to you. He has things he wants you to do. He has things that you need to hear. And he will speak to you in various different ways. But here's one. Listen to this. Do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? And here's one. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Now we know that that God manifested Himself in various ways. The Bible said, Jesus said, that God is a spirit. Talking to the woman at the well. And He said, God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So God is a spirit. Now, if a spirit had come down to this earth and a spirit had... How would you know? How would you know if a spirit came down onto the earth? How would you know that? But God manifested Himself in Jesus. The Bible tells us in so many different places... Jesus himself says it, but the Bible tells us in different places that in him all the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in bodily form. He was Emmanuel. God with us. He was the incarnate God. He was in the flesh. He was God in the flesh. Now we can put our eyes on him. Now we can see. And Philip says to Jesus one day, he said, Jesus, well, just show us the Father, Jesus, and then we'll be happy. And he said, Philip, have you been with me so long? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've heard me, you've heard the Father. You see? Now, <clears throat> Jesus... In his, in his human fleshly body could only be one place at one time. He, he took on that, those limiting factors when he came as a baby, was born to Mary. He took on those limiting factors that he did not have in the beginning in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. When He was in heaven, He did not have those limiting factors. When He came to earth, He had those limiting factors. He could only be one place at one time. That's what Gina, you referred to that in a way. where He was on His way to do something, but He was busy doing something else, and the person said to Him, well, you don't even have to go. Oh, you just speak the Word. Well, Jesus couldn't go there and be here. And so the guy understood that. He said, well, you just speak the word and it'll be okay. I'm a man of authority, et cetera, et cetera. And, he, and Jesus spoke the word and the servant was healed and everything is, but he couldn't, he didn't leave one place and go there, but he'd still be over here. He couldn't do that. So now Jesus is getting ready to go back to heaven and he can't be in heaven and here at the same time in his bodily form. But he says, I'll tell you what, if I go to heaven, he said, then I'm going to talk to the, Father, and the Father is going to send you another comforter, and that comforter, comforter will be able to be in every one of you at the same time. So right now, we have this group of people here in this, in this sanctuary, and we, if you are a believer in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit lives in you. It abides and rests and lives and resides in you. And when you leave this place, the presence of God goes from being concentrated in this one area to now being spread out all over the city of Sarasota. The presence of God is spread out and not just from this church but for and, and this group of believers, but for Every believer 
in this town, the presence of God goes wherever they go. But the Holy Spirit that is within us is, a, is the manifestation of the presence of God in our lives so that God is with us every day, every moment of our lives, all day long, all night long, when we sleep, when we're awake, no matter what we're doing. And so that's why we have to be careful what we do with our body. Because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to be careful what we put in our body, both through our ears, and, but through our mouths as well, and through our eyes. We need to be careful what we put into our body because the body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Be careful what you put in the temple. That's just a little side note there, no free of charge, but just be careful because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, God, the Holy Spirit, can speak to you and I at any time, in any way that He so chooses. He can speak to you through a vision. He can speak to you through dreams. He can speak to you through a still small voice in your spirit. He can speak to you as you're reading the Word of God. He can speak to you while you're, while you're praying, and that's one of the reasons why when we pray, we, don't just, we just don't talk to God, but we give God a chance to talk to us. Why? Because He wants to talk to us. He wants to speak to us. There are a number of places where Jesus talks about He says in, in John chapter 10, He says, My sheep hear My voice. And they know it's Me talking to them. Now, listen. If, if we go through the Scriptures and we focus on the astounding ways which God spoke to the people in the past, we may, we may put our focus on, well, I'm just going to spend I'm going to spend a lot of time be, outside because I know that God spoke to Moses in a burning bush and I don't want to be in the house when God may want to burn up one of my trees outside and I could have a burning orange tree experience or we may we may say I I know that God spoke to Balaam from the mouth of a donkey, and so I probably should surround myself with donkeys. <laughs> I know that God spoke to people through visions and through dreams, and, and when we don't see those things, when we don't see those things, then we, we wonder whether God is speaking to us and what we've done is we've missed. We've missed what He's trying to say to us in these, in these other situations. Folks, I want you to... I want you to go away from this this morning with, with an awareness with an awareness that God really has something to say to each and every one of us. He really does. And that you would... I, I, don't, I don't believe that God wants us to become so... Uh, there, there were some who said one time that, that people become so heavenly-minded that they're no earthly good. I know people like that. I know people that you can't have a conversation with them 
because they're, everything is spiritualized. Everything that happens is spiritual. You can't have a conversation. I get it. But you know what? I don't want to go the other way either. I don't want us to be so lackadaisical about the, the idea that God would want to speak to me that I just go about my business so quickly and so without my mind looking and trying to see and hear where God's trying to speak to me. Because here's the, here's the idea. I don't think there's a Christian alive who doesn't, at, from time to time, think about God using them in this incredible, mighty way where there are just, you know, they're, they're, they're almost like, um, uh, I can't think of his last name. His last name was, um, first, his last name was Brainerd, but I can't think of his first name. Um, Anyway, he was, a, he was an evangelist of, uh, back in the 1700s, and he would go out and stand on a tree stump and preach to, um, to Native Americans and to others. And there were times when he would climb up on the tree stump and people would just fall down and begin to, and begin to cry for mercy from God without him ever speaking a word because he had spent so much time in prayer and God was just, God was just moving, Okay. But the, but the fact is that when God is at work and we, how often is God at work? All the time. Sometimes his voice to you and his speaking to you will be for you to do something that to you seems utterly insignificant But it won't be because it's God at work. Do you, do you get that? God doesn't do anything insignificant. He doesn't do anything that doesn't mean the difference between life and death. God is at work reconciling the world to himself. And when God speaks in a small voice to us and tells us that we need to do something and we think, well, that doesn't seem like that would amount to much. You don't understand his ways. His ways are far above our ways. His thoughts are far above our thoughts. When he asks you to do something, it cannot be insignificant because it's God asking you to allow Him to work through you and you listen and you do it. Let's listen for the voice of God to talk to us and to direct us. He is always at work. Let's look at the, if I may, if I have to be, let me just be logical for a moment. Let me, let's, let's be systematic about this, if you will. We are in agreement that God is always at work. Are we not? Okay. All right. Are we in agreement that God wants to use us to accomplish His work? How will God let you know that He has something for you to do? He'll, he'll speak to us? Now let me, well, okay, 